You're listening to the Fantrax Podcast Network. Fantasy Sports Entertainment lives here. Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Welcome into the Ball Blast podcast brought to you by Fantrax. I'm your host, Kate. And I'm Michelle. And we've got a very special show for you today. A very special guest. Yes. Is it me? No, it's not you, Michelle. It is Jason freaking Moore of the Fantasy Footballers. I am so excited. Oh my goodness. It is going to be such a good show. But we will get to our special guest soon enough. First, I want to take a second to thank each and every one of you for supporting our project. This is only our ninth episode. How bananas is that? I know. It actually feels like we've been doing this for quite a long time. Oh, yeah. I'm a career podcaster. (laughs) Yeah. And I love uh, to go back and listen to the first episode just to see our growth. And I think each each time we're getting a little better. Yeah. If any of you want evidence of progress, you know, progress to be made, go back and listen to episode one. Again, we're on episode nine. So we've we've definitely hit some strides here. But I want to ask you all for a favor. Take the time to review our show wherever you... Listen, whatever platform, I don't care, iTunes, hit that five stars, helps us grow as a podcast, give us some feedback. We want to hear whatever your thoughts are. So please share your thoughts with us. Yeah, but only if they're good thoughts. Yeah, we like, <laughs> we're positive people. We're positive people. Let's share your thoughts with us if they're positive. Um, otherwise, it maybe uh, just don't. I don't know. Yeah, you, well, you maybe keep those to yourself. Yeah. Now we'll take some uh, good. We'll take some feedback for sure. Um, but maybe that's better for the Twitter world. Yeah. And leave those uh, good five star reviews for the iTunes. <laughs> Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at FF Ball Blast, and I'm at Ball Blast M um, Ball Blast E M M M. You can find us on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/BallBlast. Check us out on FantraxHQ.com. We've got a page up there that lists. Um, the platforms that we're available right now, if we're not available somewhere, you want to listen to us, tell us, we'll fix that. Mm -hmm. But first let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. This just in breaking news, breaking news. Oh yeah. We got some breaking news for you. Let's kick it off with Devonta Freeman full go for training camp. Yes. I we've been talking about Devonta Freeman. He's a huge value. I do think in the last couple of weeks, especially after the draft, everyone's jumping on the bandwagon now. You stop that. So his value no. is increasing, which is kind of hurt. Like we loved him so much because you can get him like as one of the fifth round. Yeah, as one of the very last guys that are could be workhorse running backs. That's where he was landing. And you're like, that is great value for him. Now he's going up a little bit, but I still think you can get him on the cheap for the most part. Um, I think he'll be really good in 2019. I don't know about after that, but for the 2019 season, I really like him. I think he could easily end as a top 10 running back. He's going as uh, right around the 23rd running back off the board, according to Fantasy Pros ADP. That's bananas. You're talking about a guy who, when let's delete last year. Okay. He played two games last year, went on the IR sports hernia surgery, all that good stuff does have a concussion history. But aside from those, those few games, he has shown tremendous 
running back one upside. For sure. That's and all he, he's been. He can catch the ball, and he was a lot more involved in the passing game before Devin, or Tevin Coleman got there. And now he's, he's out gone. of town. Yeah, now Goodbye. he's gone. So he's going to see a lot of targets. He's going to get a lot of rushes. And you know what? It's really good to hear right now in May that he's he's a full go. He's completely healthy. He's in training camp and um, able to perform already. That's good. I love that. Yeah. I, I think people are still lower on him than I want to take him. I think he has a chance to finish as a, a running back one. So if I can get that value there, I'm doing that all day long. If he's healthy for a full 16 weeks with the way that he can catch the ball and the way he's just a really good runner and he can really be using the passing game, how does he not end as a top 12 running back? I actually don't see that as a possibility. If he's healthy for a full 16 games, we'll have to see if that's possible. First easy, Doug Baldwin and Cam Chancellor have been released from the Seahawks for failed physicals. You know, you I, you feel bad <sighs> for them. They've you been... never want anybody to retire or be cut because of injury. It just it, feels gross. I'm does. sorry to see him leave. He's he's been a tremendous asset to the to the Seahawks as an organization. Yeah, both of them have. Um, Doug Baldwin, he didn't do much last year. He wasn't really helpful to the team because he was injured for most of the year. And when he was playing, you know, he was playing through those injuries. So, but it's just sad. He was a really great NFL player. I never loved him for fantasy, but he was just a really solid NFL wide receiver. And I know Seattle really loved him. And it just it, it stinks at this point in his career that they have to release him. And I I did hear some talk that possibly that meant that, you know, Doug Baldwin wasn't as pumped about retiring as we all thought he was. But it, I think it had more to do with like a money clause, if I'm understanding correctly, that they had to cut him or else he would have to pay back some roster bonuses. Uh, okay. Yeah, I didn't read too much into it. I figured if he wanted to retire, you know, that Seattle would let him before just cutting him. Um, so I'm sure there's something in the back end that we just don't know about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. Tight ends coach uh, of the Saints, Dan Campbell, said the team will do what Jared Cook does best, perhaps bring them back to the Jimmy Graham days. Mm -hmm. They really haven't had a productive mm -hmm. tight end since Jimmy Graham. Mm -hmm. He had a lot of tight end up or touchdown upside. Come on. I, I just don't like <laughs> with, Jared with Cook. New Orleans. With New Orleans, Jimmy Graham had five touchdowns, 11 touchdowns, nine touchdowns, 16 touchdowns. That would put him at top tight end production are you considering buying low at all it, there's no buying low people love him people love jared cook he had six touchdowns that's it in in, in oakland last year when he was the only guy he was the only guy. Can you even name the wide receivers once uh, Jordy Nelson went out? Seth and Roberts. Marty B went out. Like <laughs> He was the only one left. Dwayne Washington. They didn't even have a good running back. Like, come on. Stop it, guys. Stop it. Stop it. All right. We'll I, move on because I can see this is a sensitive subject. I get so upset about Jared Cook. <laughs> uh, he will have a couple good games. That's about it. All right. So you'll let somebody else take the fall on that. Yep. They Rams. can have their two good games and what is it? 15 other terrible ones. Oops. 14. Oops. Um, Rams GM Les needs a third round uh, running back. Daryl Henderson gives the team an Alvin Kamara element. He's clearly the number one handcuff to own in fantasy football. Oh, number one handcuff for sure, because you have to take Todd Gurley. He's still going at the end of the first. Some people are able to get him in the second there because they're just so scared about the injury. Uh, you almost need to reach for Daryl Henderson if you take early. So he's he's climbing an ADP in rookie drafts. 
where do you take uh, this is like me projecting ahead to fall where do you take him in a redraft if you are the Todd Gurley owner Ooh, that's a hard question I haven't even really done any mock drafts for redraft yet uh, so I don't know where is he where is he going I don't know I feel like you have to almost take him in the ninth or tenth I round. was going to say tenth round like just it's going to be a total reach but you have to make sure you get him and you know what? If I don't have Todd Gurley, I still want to snipe him <laughs> at that ADP. Yeah. It's a little bit harder to keep him on your bench. If I, I think he'll be a part of the game plan no matter what. But whew, that'll be interesting. It's gonna, you're going it would to be, be hard s- for New Orleans to keep Alvin Kamara on the bench. I'll yeah. tell you that much. You're going to be sweating if you're the Gurley owner throughout the 7th, 8th, ninth round. And you might just want to take him in the ninth, 10th just to make sure you get him. Um, Kyle Rudolph and the Vikings are no longer working on an extension. It's the end of an era. <laughs> yeah. Another era. Um, well, they just drafted Irv Smith Jr. Yeah, I think that was a sign. I He was shopped. Um, 2019 is the final year of his contract with the Vikings. And he that's averaged... kind of what they need. They still need Kyle Rudolph this year. You cannot just depend on a rookie tight end that wasn't even one of the top guys like Fant and Hawkinson so they still need Kyle Rudolph this year they'll use him he he will be a a serviceable tight end uh, better NFL tight end than fantasy tight end and then after this year I mean they can try to resign him if they need him but if they feel like Irv Smith made enough progress then I'm sorry but bye-bye Rudolph and Rudolph is so hard for me right now in fantasy because when you look at his sort of end of year averages he averaged four receptions for around 40 yards only got you four touchdowns So that doesn't sound that terrible, right? When you look at the tight ends that have been floating around the landscape, but he was so inconsistent. You cannot play him. If I remember correctly, I had him for a little bit last year. You had to drop him. In one of our main redraft leagues. And, you know, he had a a few really good games. So you got excited and then he just had some games that got you two points. It was really hard to own him. All right. And then the most Kevin Durant move ever. Ben Watson may unretire to sign with the Patriots. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Who wouldn't retire, unretire to sign with the Patriots? Go get you yourself that ring and then retire after this year. I like, will unretire to move with the Patriots. What do you really have to do? Block a little bit, catch some balls, and then you uh, make a bunch of money, get that ring. And Is he on your uh, your radar? And No. Are you going to ask if I want him in fantasy? No, I do not. Okay. Sorry. Wow. That was a little rare. But... If, so grumpy. <laughs> as soon as he got signed, I saw something like, how much fab are we spending on him in Dynasty? None. If you really need a tight end, $1. And that's if you that's really, really, harsh. really need somebody. If I had like a free roster spot, I wouldn't mind just slotting him in there. But oh, yeah. Go get I'd him prefer ASJ. I did actually. I got ASJ for free on waivers a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, I'd rather, I, I feel like now that all they have is Ben Watson, they're probably moving on. But if he's sitting out there on your waivers and you can get him for $0, absolutely. Sure. Go do it. If nothing else, you keep him away from your league mates. Holla. You might want your league mates to have him, but <laughs> we'll see how this year shakes out. Um, Mike Weber, seventh round pick of the Dallas Cowboys, who I've actually seen going relatively higher in drafts. I've seen him go as high as the second round in rookie drafts this year. Um, Injured his knee in practice, is undergoing an MRI. So just something to monitor if you thought that he was going to be like the next handcuff for Zeke. Maybe not this year. Yeah, they drafted Tony Pollard too, right? Early, 
earlier than Mike Weber. So maybe he's the guy to own or I don't know, man. It's kind of one of those situations where it's like if Zeke goes down, you're kind of screwed. Rod Smith last year, was it last year or the year before that when he was suspended? He didn't do too much, you know. And we haven't been able to really find out who his handcuff is, so... It's kind of like Christian McCaffrey. If you have him and he goes down, I mean, you don't really own a handcuff. There's nobody on that team that's going to be able to replace his production even 50%. So you just really need to hope that Zeke, Barkley, and CMC stay super healthy because they have nobody behind them that can help you out if they go down. All right, I'll take that. Well, before we get into our deep dive with Jason Moore, we wanted to get in here and answer some questions that you left us on Twitter. We got some hard ones this week. Like super hard ones. I feel like people know our soft spots. They know who we like and who we don't like, and they put the perfect questions out there to make it like sting. It stings a little bit. You'll you'll hear some of these questions, and it really hurts to answer, but um, we're going to be as honest as possible and try not to be biased with the guys we like. All right? You want to dive in? Let's get into it. got mail yeah we did twitter you killed us this week you just killed us all right let's start off dynasty mike at the m bauer 85 rashad penny or royce freeman this one's so easy for me and i think it's pretty easy for you too that's why i don't want to answer first because we all know who i left so you you do you you answer first and then i'll jump in it's gotta be it's gotta be rashad penny for me i do like royce freeman here i've got him pretty late in my rookie or i'm sorry my startup drafts this season um i think i've grabbed him in like the seventh eighth round which i think is a huge steal for a guy with some draft capital under his belt and who's going to get some time in training camp. Penny, I was more excited for coming out of last season. Uh, unfortunately, what he had like a thumb injury and I don't know, he gained some weight in the off season. Didn't, didn't really pan out. Um, both are going to get carries from other running backs. So Royce Freeman, you got to expect Philip Lindsay is going to uh, really eat into those. And then Chris Carson, he's still the lead back, but I, I think Rashad Penny is more likely to be the future of his organization, Royce Freeman. Um, he should get a little bit more reps, I think, given the fact that Philip Lindsay is going to be out perhaps for the start of training camp. He's going to get some eyes under new management, which I really like, but I just really love Penny. I love Penny, and they're both going to be in a similar situation where they have a guy that they're competing against that was either undrafted or a seventh round rounder in the draft. So, and Chris Carson, yeah, the path is there. The Chris Carson and Phil Lindsay were both great last year and they both beat him out. And I understand that. Um, I do think just Penny's a little bit more talented as the year went on with Penny. He didn't get a ton of carries, but you just saw him grow every single game. There's actually this really good YouTube video, which I actually, I think Michelle should share with you guys that she shared with me. You literally get to see him game by game evolve. He gets the balance down a yeah, little in the better beginning, towards the end like, of the season. Oof. Like he gets tripped up by a fingernail in the beginning. <laughs> He's just tripping over his feet and it's like, okay, dude, like, what are you doing? Stand up. And then as the year goes on, he keeps getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And he's not like, he is breaking tackles. He looks 
dynamic at the his end of the year. His feet move really, really well. I really liked his footwork. So I think actually we'll we'll plan to share that clip with you yeah. guys on Twitter this week. I love to see week. growth. I think that's the biggest thing to see. Um, Penny, also, I know people don't like the whole draft stock argument, but I do think it matters. Uh, Penny was a first rounder. Royce Freeman was a third rounder. I'm not saying all first rounders are great and all third rounders don't pan out. But they're going to give Penny a chance as being a first-round pick. Like, if he's just as good as Chris Carson, he has to be just as good. They're going to give Penny the chance because they don't want their first-round pick to be a bust. With Royce Freeman, a third-round pick, it's okay to be a bust. I mean, you can't hit on every third-rounder. So I think Freeman's good. I think he'll get his chances. But he's going to be more in that running back by committee with Philip Lindsay getting a lot of the touches, especially in the passing game. I'm going with Penny all the way. All right, this next one's at you, Michelle. Frank Scanduro at DHH underscore Fuego takes. Who is the better long-term investment? Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, Rashad Penny, or Philip Lindsay? Yeah, he. this is what I'm talking about. He knew Triggering. My, he knew myself. <laughs> so I love Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, and Rashad Penny so, so, so much. Um, Philip Lindsay, I, I don't really know where to stand on him. I'm really just middle of the pack here where he could be great. He could be go back to just nothing i have no idea i really don't know what to think about philip Lindsay. i think i'm just gonna let other people draft him this year that's how i feel if he breaks out i wouldn't be surprised and i just, just won't be on your team i'm just gonna have to deal with it you know so then it comes down to these three other guys miles sanders david montgomery rashad penny they're all in really good offenses like young good offenses like i'm still counting russell wilson as young he, he's young 30s it's fine oh yeah he's absolutely young um, no big injuries that have maybe set him back in the yeah the age limit time capsule they'll all be scoring so there's a lot of uh possibility possibilities there's for touchdowns for all of them all right get to it make a decision we <laughs> need to hear the number one i'm going to go with miles sanders mm. so i love me some rashad penny i love me some david montgomery interesting but they're both have to beat out somebody like Tariq cohen is going to play and there's no beating him out he's going to be on the field he's going to get his targets so he's going to be in a running back by committee for a very long time i think david montgomery can be great still though you don't think miles sanders has to beat out jordan howard and Corey clement <laughs> no, no. I don't. Wendell Smallwood? So Rashad Penny still has to be out. Chris Carson, uh, before I can say he's the best long-term investment. Miles Sanders, I'm sorry, Jordan Howard. It's not that hard to beat you. Rude. And Doug Peterman, Peterson. Peter. I always get his last name messed up. Peter. Peterson. D. Peterson. Peter. I know this guy. I know. Um, Anyways, he already came out and said he's been waiting to have a running back like Miles Sanders. I get it. I always say coach speak in May is ridiculous, but he's not bringing up Jordan Howard or the rest of his guys. He's like, oh, my goodness, I've I've been waiting for a good running back, like a three down running back. Miles Sanders has the easiest path to that where he just gets 80 percent of the offensive snaps. I think he's the best long term investment right now. Love him. Well, he's my one on one in rookie drafts. All right. You you kind of talked me into it, but I'm still still pretty high on Rashad Penny. I love David Montgomery. I just think the better the coach, the harder it is to predict how players are going to pan out and be used in the offense. So um, next question, Chris Carroll at CHR1524PC. <laughs> I wonder how he came up with that one. I don't know. Most important handcuffs in fantasy and players you like to break out this year. So for breakouts, we went through this. We both like, uh, well, this is more your guide. Dante Foreman, uh, Rashad Penny, Carrion Johnson, 
Um, guys that we think are going to maybe outlive themselves from last year, Aaron Jones, Marlon Mack. Mm-hmm. Who's your deep, deep sleeper? And you're going to have to talk me into this one. It's Daryl Williams. All right. And let's I hear under- it. It's a deep, deep sleeper. Do not take him early. Take him very, very, very late. He's going like what about 20th the round in round? startups. Sixth round? <laughs> so Daryl Williams, I, I don't, I, I, you, everyone that follows me on Twitter knows I have no respect for Damian Williams. Daryl Williams, guys, he, he's a decent running back. He was behind uh, Geis and who, oh, Fournette at, in college. So hard to compete with. Yeah, very hard to compete with. He graduated in the same year as Geis. He didn't get to see the amount of snaps that you would like. He's very talented. He saw some snaps last year in that offense when Spencer Ware went down with Damian Williams. He's a really good catcher. I just think once he has a whole nother offseason, if he makes the team, I think he will. I think he will. I think he has a chance to take over that backfield. Okay. Okay. Right. I mean, he's not going to cost you anything. So he's not sure, going to cost you it. anything. That's what I'm saying. Like he's a he's a good little stash there for your uh, dynasty team. Handcuffs. We've got C.J. Anderson, Benny Snell, Daryl Henderson. I just said he's the most valuable handcuff in fantasy football right now. Yes. Brian Hill, Latavius Murray. I think Latavius Murray actually has some standalone value here. Um, Jamal Williams, Balaj, Carlos Hyde. Lots of valuable guys out there who I still think might sometimes have production in their own way. Um, I like all these guys. Yeah. I want all of them on my team. Benny Sounds a pretty important one. He is just a handcuff, guys. He is for James Conner. He's his backup. If he goes down, then Benny Snell will be the guy. And I'm sorry, I, I can't. I love Jalen Samuels. I think he's super talented, but I don't think he's the same kind of running back as James Conner. And I think. Benny Snell sort of fits into that role more, yeah. more of a downhill runner, more of a like kind of guy. And Aaron Jones can't seem to stay healthy for uh, most of the year. So Jamal Williams, he's gross, he's, but like uh, he, sure. does, he does the trick when there's no one else. He does yeah. the trick. He does the trick. And Kalen Balazs, he's behind Kenyon Drake, who's a stellar receiver, does have somewhat of an injury history. So He's free. He's absolutely free. I think I got him in the 20th round of a dynasty startup, which is bananas. That's crazy. So bananas. Um, Kamish McGriff. At Kamish McGriff. (laughs) I like that. Kamish McGriff. This is my least favorite question. Oh, me too. Sorry, Kamish McGriff. I love your name, but the question is rough. Yeah. Who is the wide receiver to own in Miami? Next. (laughs) Yeah, is none an answer? I mean, if you can stay away from all of them. Amendola led the team last year with only 59 receptions. That was the team leader. Oh, that's really rough. And Drake, though, the running back who barely got to see the field, it felt like he he did get to see the field, but it felt like they really were holding him back. Drake had uh, was second on the team with 53 receptions. So when your running back is also your wide receiver, too, I just kind of feel like that's generally speaking a problem. Yeah, and I, I would not be shocked whatsoever if in 2019 Kenyon Drake is the leading receiver on that offense, which is great for Kenyon Drake, but probably not too good for Miami to have a running back as your leading receiver. If you made me choose a wide receiver on this offense for some reason, if you're in draft and you have to choose a wide receiver from every single team, I'm... That's actually kind of an interesting league idea. It is, actually. Oh, I think we're on to something. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Anyways, if we have to pick someone, I guess I'm going with Kenny Stills because he has the big playability. You're really just banking on that one big play, but he can come through with it. Um, 
No, no thoughts about Devonte Parker. I know that's like the grossest thing ever, but so l- let me just say, I, I think that aside from Devonte Parker's health, which is obviously an issue, Adam Gay seemed to hate him too. Adam Gay seems like a really grumpy dude. I don't know. <laughs> Should we be worried about uh, Jets players? Robbie Anderson. Robbie and Bell sits on the bench the whole game. <laughs> He's just, he can't be durable enough. For that backup, Elijah no, I don't know. Kenny Stills, probably. Albert Wilson's interesting. He was having a pretty decent year before he went down with injury. He's been in the league for a pretty long time, though, and hasn't done much. But he just joined uh, Miami last year. He was having, actually, a really decent year before he went down. So maybe Albert Wilson would actually be my guy. Um, like I said, I don't want any. Kenny Drake, though, cool. Go get him. He should see plenty of receptions. Speaking I see of him Kenny, being... Speaking of Kenyon Drake, yeah. we actually have another question. Oh, okay. Can oh. I interject? You can. Um, G Money. Yeah, boy. <laughs> At GMM71. Ceiling for Kenyon Drake this year. Oh, yeah. That's what about. That's what I was getting into. Nice segue. Yeah. So he was... What, what was he last year? The running back 14, right? In PPR? Which is crazy because if you owned Kenyon Drake and you were counting on him week to week, you didn't feel like he was the running back 14. Yeah, no, because Gase refused to use him. He's a grumpy man. I just said this. That's my biggest argument when it comes to Miami Dolphins. I just can't. But now he's out of town. He's out of town. So I think he actually, I mean, if you can be the running back 14 in the year he had last year, um, I... I could see him getting like 90 targets. I think that's in the realm of possibilities. Especially when they don't have other receivers on the team. Yeah, that's the biggest part is they don't have other receivers. He should see the field even as a running back quite often. Um, So I, I think he gets at least 120 carries. That puts him at over 200 touches. And a lot of those will be receptions. So that's going to be huge in PPR. He's electric. Yeah, I actually see his ceiling being around running back, what, eight? In PPR leagues? In PPR, in full PPR. I, I, I like that's his ceiling. ceiling. That's like ceiling. Tip, yeah. tip top. Mm-hmm. He's not the running back one, but I could see him finishing as a running back one. James White was the running back seven last Which year is PPR. crazy. Yeah. Like, so. you just don't think of these guys. But you know what? When you're essentially functioning as a wide receiver, that tends to help you out in a PPR lot, leagues. A lot, a lot. So Kenyon Drake, PPR ceiling, to answer this question, running back eight, he has a very high ceiling, but, you know, you're going to get those inconsistent uh, stretches. All right. Kyle at Go Chargers, Go 33. <laughs> I think he changed his username to that just to hear me say Go Chargers, Go. Go Chargers, Go. <laughs> so you get to keep three. Hopkins or Kelsey for a first. You can't keep them both. Michelle for a fifth. Carry on for a fifth, Hunter Henry for a tenth, Geronimo for a twelfth, Geis for a fifteenth. That's a lot. All right, so I'm I'm going to start with Geis. That's the easiest one for me. Geis for a fifteenth, sure, absolutely. I'm not high in him, but if you get him for a fifteenth, that's just a free pick. That is a free pick. Who else are you getting in the fifteenth round? Geis, boom, done. Yep. Um, I'm still taking Hopkins in the first. Are you okay with that? I mean, hundred percent. I know that's where he's going, but. You're Hopkins. just getting to keep yeah. him for his his value. I know you. I love Kelsey, but I'm not taking a tight end in the first. So Hopkins for a first, guys for a fifteenth, and we got one more. Ooh, I'll do it to you. So it's going to be between uh, an, a running back here, Michelle, or carry on for a fifth. I'm going to go with Michelle here Ooh, for for the touchdown I upside. I, I want carry on. He is if this is PPR, I'm definitely going carry on. He's involved in the passing game. Michelle's not. Are you with me there? Absolutely. Okay. So standard, I would go Michelle for a fifth. 
PPR, I'm going carry on. What, what about half? Yeah. Uh, even half, I'm going carry on. What about you? I'd still go with Michelle again. This all comes down to the, Hopefully the touchdown half, then, upside. <laughs> um, I, I still, I, I think he's a Patriots running back. So I've been there. I've been frustrated. I understand the, the concern, but I still think Michelle for a fifth when he has a possibility of ending up as a running back one on the best offense, arguably in football, because it, I'm sorry, there's no better offense when you've got Bill Belichick coaching and Tom Brady under center. Yeah, not normally for your running back zone fantasy. But Stop it. I would go carry on half PPR, full PPR, and Michelle Sander. All right. Half God, half devil at SFU zombie freak. Do you think this is the year Green Bay will commit to Aaron Jones? Small sample size in 2017 was good. 2018, the numbers are great, barring another leg injury. Will 2019 be the year? He also said he's a big fan of the pod. Yeah, he did. Yeah, you did. Whoop, whoop. I appreciate you, half God, half devil. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think this could be his year. I was very high in him last year, and he finally got to get those carries in the second half of the year for at least a few games, and he was electric, man. Like elite. Aaron Rodgers has spoken very, very highly of Aaron Jones. He's a good pass blocker. He can do all those things to keep himself on the field. He can even receive out of the backfield, which is an undeniable skill in this day and age of the NFL. When you watch Aaron Jones, he actually, like when you watch him out there, he looks very elite. Like he looks like an elite running back. He looks like he belongs out there. Um, you just trust he's going to make a play. You don't get that same feeling out of Jamal Williams, like at all. No, you watch him and you're like, okay. Yeah, like he can get a few yards, like yeah, three yards. He's fine. He but can you... fall forward for three yards. <laughs> like Aaron Jones actually seems like he makes special plays and he's yes. very, very good in the passing game. He's mesmerizing to watch when, when he gets going and he can make his way down the field. Absolutely. I think Aaron Jones has a lot of potential and I think them getting rid of Mike McCarthy was the best thing that could have happened to Aaron Jones. Oh, for sure. And hopefully... He's very stubborn. A lot of stubborn coaches here. That offense was just a mess last year. And I think uh, going into 2019, hopefully get their their, uh, stuff together. And they play Aaron Jones. And if he can stay healthy, that's a big if. He will be very great to own in 2019. All right. JC, at legend JC13, who's your favorite rookie running back to target early and or reach for early in a PPR league? Miles Sanders. I know that's your guy. Yeah. 101 Miles Sanders. We've already touched on him a bit. Um David Montgomery, I think we actually just did a mock draft. I still took Josh Jacobs as the 102. Um, I like I like Josh better uh, in a Josh. We're on first name basis <laughs> here. Um, I like Josh better in a like a win now mode. But for the long term, if you're looking at like a rebuild situation, I would go David Montgomery as you would. Um, Daryl yeah, Henderson. I would reach for him even at the 102. I'm fine with that with David Perfect. Montgomery. Absolutely. Daryl Henderson, uh, late first. I, I see he's climbing to that position. So you might have to reach a little earlier if you're the Todd Gurley owner, which you're probably got a, a late first rounder if you're the Todd Gurley owner, hopefully. Yeah. And then we both really like Devin Singletary. Oh, which, I love his film. He had a crap combine. Yeah. You should be able to get him in the second round easily. He's fallen to the late second in all of my rookie drafts. Yeah. I would reach for him in the second, even like even Mid if I second. have an early second, I really don't care. I, well, I don't know. I think Maybe the opportunity back at that point, the but, opportunity is there. You've got a Russian quarterback. Um, 
you know, you don't have a ton of pass catchers, but they rely heavily on the rushing game. They've got a good defense. So, you know, if the defense can get them up at all, you know, you, you grind out the clock. LaShawn McCoy is in the last year of his contract. He's got a big chunk of change. I think he ranks third in cap. Uh, would you be surprised if he got cut? No. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I actually would be more surprised if he doesn't get cut. Me too, which is sad because I, I really like LaShawn McCoy. But you know when where it's McCoy's not... going to be playing for next year? I just had this pop up in my head. The Patriots. No. The Bucks. Huh. He's going to be playing in Tampa Bay next year. LaShawn McCoy. Okay. Hot take. Fuego. I actually really feel it. They're going to cut him. And, All right. And uh, the coaching staff, Bruce Arians and the rest of them, is are, is going to have a whole summer already... to watch Ronald Jones and no. be like, ooh, we need somebody. No, I want Matt Breda to go to Tampa Bay. Oh, me too. That would be fun too. But I could just see them. Whoever gets cut first by a team, they're going to snag them up. All right. Matt Moore at Fire Fire Heat. Those things tend to go together. I'm looking at the Tampa Bay running back depth chart. Hey. Hey. I'm seeing seven names. I'm seeing 0.7 running backs. (laughs) Truth. Have truer things ever been said? No. Is there any chance of fantasy relevance emerging in that backfield? Um, Okay. There is a chance Ronald Jones steps up and takes over, and that is your one chance at fantasy relevance. I think you have to look, like for an example, look at Nick Chubb. He had a terrible preseason. He didn't have a great training camp. And... He stepped into the actual offense, and he did pretty darn well. Yeah, that's your chance. Because Peyton Barber, if he gets the starting role again, I mean, he had 234 carries last year, and he had, like, over 20 receptions, and he still was barely fantasy relevant. Like, you could put him in your flex, but you weren't happy with what he was giving you. Peyton Barber had was at near the top of the league when it came to carries from a running back, oh, which was, was startling 10. because you don't. You weren't thinking about him at all. I dropped him in a dynasty league, and I could have used those points. Yeah, you probably shouldn't have dropped him, but it was really hard to even like play him. And he was getting like he was one of the running backs in the league getting the most carries, and he just still wasn't. To doing be clear, anything. I did not drop him mid season. I dropped him before the the oh, season. I okay. thought it was Rojo. That makes sense. Thought it was the Rojo show, but. I Rojo like he can still step up. So this is sort of your by low window. And if you have any faith, if you like his college film, that's fine. Go and buy him now. This is not saying to buy him for anything less than pennies. no, it you need you should be able to get him on pennies on the dollar. So he's not a top 10 running back. <laughs> cough, no. cough, hot take. Stop. <laughs> I can't. Drama. Um, anyway, it, this is your by low opportunity, but. You have to be prepared for the thought that Tampa Bay might be trading for a running back if they get into um, their group workouts and they see that they're not really getting anywhere. If they go into the season with Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber as, I will their, be shocked. as their main two top running backs, I I will be flabbergasted. That's what I would like to Bruce say. Bruce Arians is a smarter coach than that. And, and it's he, not like, I just think you cannot go. What if Ronald, like, let's say Ronald Jones is good, right? He gets hurt. You need someone else. Other teams are going to cut key veterans in the summer. It happens all the time. With high contracts, they're going to cut players, even young players. You know, they're going to get cut. They're going to bring in other players. I like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if a McCoy or Breda shows up there. And sorry, Ronald oh. Jones, then you're hurt. Yeah, I'd be happy about that. Stephen Warbington at Stephen Warbing one. What if any undrafted free agent do you see having value? 
who to target as the wide receiver to in KC, Hardman, Robinson. Um, okay. Well, the, well, the first one's easy, wide receiver two in Kansas City. It's it's Mikkel Hardman. It still doesn't mean I want to own him. I mean, Dynasty is a different situation. I'm not taking him in redraft. I know that he could take over Tyreek Hill. But no, I'm, I'm sorry. We've fallen for this thing, and we're going to be uh, towards the end of the season. I'm going to be releasing my things to remember before drafting for next season. And it's going to be to please stop taking rookie wide receivers in your startup drafts. Even, I don't care if it's, uh, well, no, not dynasty startups. I mean, redraft. <laughs> sorry. Um, got ahead of myself. I'm so passionate. But do not take rookie wide receivers in your redraft leagues because you know what? They will be available in week five when everybody dumps yep. them. DJ Moore. Do not People pay for them. People couldn't hold on to DJ Moore. And he actually ended up being a serviceable running back by the end of the year. Cortland Sutton ended up being a sorry wide receiver by the end of the year. Cortland Sutton ended up being a serviceable guy. Pettis, even guys like Anthony Miller, like they were not owned still at the end of the year by the people who drafted them. You couldn't undrafted free agent though. If they did keep them, they had a losing record. I'm sorry. If we're not talking about a uh, rookie undrafted free agent, I'm still sort of looking at Keelan Cole. I'm not dropping him in any league. Because he did show a lot of flashes, and that offense was just in shambles in 2018. Yeah, I like Keelan Cole. I do think he's talking about rookies. Okay. To put a damper on your whole uh, Cole. But yeah, anyway, go, go like buy Keelan Cole. Cole. <laughs> um, actually, both of my undrafted free agents right now that I'm pretty high on, not really high, but a little high on. both with Kansas City, which is weird because your question had the wide receiver two in Kansas City. Um, It would be James Booby Williams, uh, the running back for Kansas City. They got him as an undrafted free agent. Uh, He's very, very good in the passing game. I think they could use someone like that with Hunt gone uh, without too many wide receivers there. If Tyreek Hill is gone, I I wouldn't be shocked if he was used in the passing game. He he could be a good one to keep your eye on. And then Jamal Custis, uh, wide receiver from Syracuse. Woo, woo. I, I'm from Syracuse, but I actually don't watch any Syracuse football, so I don't know this. We dude. watched a little bit this year, <laughs> but Jamal Custis is uh, uh, undrafted free agent wide receiver that the Chiefs just signed about a week ago or a couple weeks ago, and they paid him some money, like. They gave him some dough, $100,000 in guaranteed money. Uh, Adam Schefter said it's believed to be the most a wide receiver has um, got paid in the past two draft classes for nice. undrafted free agents. So that's really great. That means they must have been very high on him. Other Apparently, he was very sought after. He had some uh, good stats in college. He had, uh, I think, 900-plus yards in a, a not great offense. So, I don't know. It's interesting. They need some wide receivers. He could step up. It's someone to keep your eye on if you if you want to if you have an extra spot there in your taxi squad in in dynasty leagues. Again, these are all sort of speculative picks. Do not reach yeah. for these guys. No, no, don't even draft them. It's more Heck if you, no. If you have an empty spot and you could fill a taxi spot, put Jamal Custis out there. He averaged seventeen point eight yards per reception in his senior year of college. He didn't really get to play much before his senior year. He's six foot five. He's just an interesting dude. Absolutely. And then actually, I I did draft James Williams in my fifth round of my rookie draft recently. Whoopsies. Fifth so. round. 
Oh, fifth round. Rookie draft. Rookie okay. Draft. Thank God. Whew. It was like one of the last picks, but yeah, I picked him up. All right. And before we get into that, I just want to take a moment to shout out one of our fellow Fantrax podcasts, the CFF On Campus podcast featuring Scott Bogman, John Lobb, and Justin Heisey, college fantasy football at its finest. John Lobb and Justin Heisey bring their expertise to the table with Scott Bogman hosting. Fantrax brings you the best platform and information for college football. Do not miss out. Subscribe to their podcast now wherever you get your stuff. Please welcome Jason Moore, co-host of the Fantasy Footballer Podcast, one of Fantasy Pro's top 10 most accurate rankings. Congratulations, Jason. You're you're kind of a, a professional at this, huh? Thank you. Yeah, I'm somewhat of a professional. I do this for a living, but I, I understand the congratulations is really coming on this show. This is, this is a pretty big moment for me. I, you know, we, we wanted to bestow this honor for you. We really appreciate you joining us today. We really want to hear about how you became Jason Moore, the fantasy footballer, because you used to be a normal human, right? What were you doing before the podcast became a hit? <laughs> yes. Once upon a time, I was a normal human. And then I just became an idiot with a microphone. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Jealous. So, you know, it, it was really perfect place, perfect time, perfect people. Um, you know, Mike and Andy and I, we all worked together at a video game company years ago. Uh, where pretty much all we actually cared about was fantasy football. And so we, you know, Mike has an audio background. Uh, Andy was the COO of the company, um, and I was a buffoon. And uh, so we all got together, started making a podcast, and uh, it just kind of took off. It, it really was a rocket ship from the beginning. And for some reason, people liked listening. We helped people win. People were winning championships. We started getting you know, awards for our rankings. And uh, now we're several years in. I don't remember before doing this podcast. I've, I've been, you know, born again over here. Awesome. We're, we're very excited to have you. Um, I, I do think that you probably helped us oh, win some absolutely. championships. So we thank you for that. Sweet. You personally. Oh, for, well, of course. I mean, look, we do live events. We've got a live tour coming up. And when I get to meet fans, it's always great to have the three of us there shaking hands with wonderful foot clan members and having them say, I listen to your advice the most. <laughs> that's it's you. Oh, it's all you, Jason. <laughs> yeah. We ignore Andy and Mike. It's just Jason. And that's, that stands until they come on our show eventually. Yeah. Right, right. And then, <laughs> and then we, we ignore you. And we listen for to sure. Them. No, I, I get how it goes. So for yeah. now, definitely take my advice. All right. So some, some may occasionally call you a Homer. I've heard, I've heard this is true. You are a Cardinals fan. We yeah. want to hear what you think about your number one overall pick in the NFL we, draft. We are unashamed as Cardinals fans. It's funny because the whole Homer situation, <laughs> it works in both directions. It really does. Sometimes we are too down on a guy, and sometimes we might be too up on a guy because we just hear so much more news surrounding them. Uh, so it's And, and we're, we're careful and cautious. I mean, we don't – we never ever we, – we seek – to have the most accurate rankings we can have. I don't care. Like, I don't make my rankings and think, Oh yeah, I'm going to give David Johnson an extra touchdown. <laughs> cool. Like I'm trying to do what I believe will happen regardless of the team. Uh, you know, and so if it so happens that we're really high on, you Ricky know, Seals Jones. Article, what you sure. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely homers. Um, you know, it's so that is how it is. So when it comes to Kyler Murray, now our rankings aren't out yet as far as our actual official 
ultimate draft kit rankings. We've been grinding on those nonstop for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, you have. And uh, I will be called a homer. I am sure when this comes out. <laughs> is, that, is that a little preview? That is a preview. My, my Kyler Murray stats are very high. Now, before the draft, before he was an Arizona Cardinal, I was on record saying that I think he was the best passer in the draft. I think he was the best rusher in the draft. His baseline is astronomically high. I mean, you, you got people like, you know, Lamar Jackson, where you know when they come out, they're going to be great for fantasy, even though he's a terrible quarterback. Like yeah, he's Josh not Allen. terrible might be too harsh, but we love, he's, us, we love us some Josh Allen. Right. Josh Allen is great. He's so inaccurate. But now you've got a guy coming out who might be more athletic than those two guys. Who's actually a great accurate deep ball thrower and he protects himself you know both Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen granted they have at least Josh Allen has a much bigger body to take those hits but they go crashing into defensive players like like it's hockey Kyler Murray (laughs) I love you know it's like oh he's tiny he can't hold up I've never seen him get hit he just goes down guys near him go down you're a quarterback save it for the next play I'm all about that life I love Murray, and I think that was definitely the right choice by the Cardinals franchise, trading away Rosen and going to get their man Murray. How do you think that impacts David Johnson? Does he make a return to absolute dominance in 2019? I think it's not Kyler Murray that impacts David Johnson, but David Johnson is majorly impacted by Cliff Kingsbury. One of the most frustrating things for any fantasy owner last year, especially people in Arizona watching Cardinals games, you know, every time they're on, is how many times they ran David Johnson out of a clear rushing formation straight up the center's back for a solid yard. It was like, why are you? It hurt. It hurt us in Pittsburgh here. I know. And so, you know, Cliff Kingsbury's not going to do that. Cliff Kingsbury's going to get him out in space. If you look how he used running backs in college, he was always near the top when it came to team total targets, receptions, uh, target shares, touchdown shares to the running back position. When you've got a talent like David Johnson and you hear, you know, what's being said, I think David Johnson comes back to form in, in a pretty major way. Uh, I am not done with my rankings. I'm about halfway through all the teams. So there's, you know, still about 16 teams left to go through and stat. Currently he is my fourth best of the half that I've statted. Okay. I like it. I'll say I did enjoy uh, your your girl, your new girl, Lauren Carpenter. She had a great, great feature for David Johnson over at the Fantasy Footballers. I really appreciated that article. I'm all on board with David Johnson, major by low candidate. People yeah, are sleeping. I mean, the thing is, is for where he's being drafted, he's being drafted basically. I, I think we can all agree that last season, uh, barring injury, which can happen to anybody, last season was his floor. It was terrible. It was putrid. He was running back 10 and now he's being drafted at basically that floor. So, I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't cost you much. The floor is going to be a disappointing top 10 running back season. And the ceiling is, you know, he he has the chance like he was in 2016 to be the number one running back. Yeah, it's actually crazy how he ended up as a running back 10 and how bad that season seemed for him. So, okay, so David Johnson's a good buy-low option. What are some of your other uh, buy-low options on uh, your radar this offseason? Now, what are we talking about buy-low? Are we talking about, like, 
medium redraft because I'm so, a big Chris Godwin fan. Are we talking deep dynasty? So Godwin, I actually think is way too overvalued right now. I think he's a little expensive for what he might bring. Like my favorite by is Curtis Samuel. How do you feel about him? Oh, I love, I love Curtis Samuel. I, I, I have him slotted well behind DJ Moore when I'm just, you know, when I'm making my stats, it's all based on probability and odds. But the fact is that Samuel has the chance to be the number one, just because I'm projecting DJ Moore ahead and that, you know, that's how I think it's going to land the odds for, you know, what's the risk on taking Samuel? You're not giving up another, you know, heavy draft pick, some high capital guy where it's like, okay, if you miss, you missed out on something. You're taking a gamble on a guy who could be Cam Newton's number one receiver. Uh, I think, you know, if Curtis Samuel didn't lose his rookie season, he he would have been great. And he wasn't seeing wide receiver two snaps either until the end of the season. And then all of a sudden, once Funchess wasn't getting that playing time anymore, he finally started producing. Funchess is gone. I just love Boyd for that three-year breakout. And he could do those little those or, little trick Samuel. plays, those little those little runarounds. He he can move. He's fast. Like watching yeah, him play, he's a dynamic guy. One of the things that we've seen over the, the years is that by low candidates are so often repeated year after year after year. There's something in that player's uh, character traits for fantasy football that makes people every year not want to buy in, whether it's their athletic profile or their age or their skill set, whatever it is. And so one guy that I think was bought low, really low last year, turned out to be a great running back. I think he's going to be bought low again this year is James White. James White, especially now that they brought on Damian Harris and drafted him, they drafted Sony Michelle. You're looking at a one-two punch. Look, James White was a top ten running back, and you don't realize it because it, you know, it wasn't the normal way. It wasn't his rushing efficiency, but he's going to be for sure. Unless you're talking standard leagues, any any version of PPR half half PPR, there's no way he's below a top twenty running back with the loss of Gronk with the loss of Chris Hogan and all, all the weapons there, they are going to target him, you know, what, 120, 120 plus times. Oh, and he's, he's the wide receiver too. I, if you could get that, that sort of double position, like slot him in as a wide receiver running back, could you imagine how high people would take him? <laughs> yeah, I've actually yeah. been selling him high this season because people love him and he has a lot of value right now. So uh, I, that's why I'm like, okay, I'll get rid of him while I can, but he is now, going to be so dynamic. High, did you sell him high before the NFL draft or after? Because I feel like the NFL draft has changed people's outlook. It's totally James. changed. People I, see a third running so back, value, they're yeah. running for the hill. I sold him before. I sold him before, which I'm happy because he's definitely going way too low. Now people should definitely go buy him off of your opinion or off of your yeah. Yeah, advice. Yeah, I, I think oh, the, the floor and PPR ceilings is just too low to to not buy in when or sorry, too high when, you know, the price isn't astronomical like you would a Sony Michelle or certainly. I mean he's otherwise. he's if you plug him in your running back, you plug him in your flex, and you're not gonna go out there and get oh, he had ten carries for thirty yards and no touchdown. So he was a bum this week, like happens to a lot of running backs when the game gets out of control and they're down and they can't run the ball. And when you're in any kind of PPR, if he goes out there and grabs eight catches and does jack squat with it, you're, you're fine. You're at 10 fantasy <laughs> points and that's your floor. 
It's very true. I love it. All right. So I think we uh, are ready to blast your balls, Jason. Are you ready oh, for this? Yeah. Welcome to the I'm Ball Blast Podcast. Strapping it tight. I, I am ready. I'm ready for a fight. And I and to be fair, to be fair, I guess this is like I'm coming to you with one that I think should be easy. I'm going to be in the vast minority here. I'm I'm bringing the heat. Do you and think I want so? You, oh, I, I don't, I don't think people. I have not seen any ranking where he is, where I think he'll be. I haven't seen that on average draft position. I think when I put out my rankings, that's going to be one of the players. People are like, what? No, he's all busted. <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking it easy on us. Yeah. So let, let's hear it. Start. Two. One. Sammy Watkins, old Mr. Nofoot, is a top 15 wide receiver for fantasy. And do you want to boo it? I live (laughs) off your booze. So that Um, means that means to be top 15, he either has to reach that thousand yard mark and six touchdowns about, or what do you see him getting less yards, more touchdowns? What What are you predicting for him? Well, I, I can tell you my exact stat line. I have Sammy Watkins down for 1,051 yards and nine receiving touchdowns. Oh, my goodness. That is well enough to be a top 15 wide receiver, depending on how league scoring is. He could be a wide receiver one. And I know there's the injury history, and we'll talk about that. I know you're not going to let me off on just saying, no, oh, no, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who could have known he, that Sammy Watkins was going to get injured? So we'll, we'll discuss that in a minute. But if you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, if you believe in Pat Mahomes, if you think that Andy Reid is a good coach, if you look at just any, anything where you're actually statting the team out and you're saying, okay, here's the minimum. Here's the floor. Here's the max. What can the offense do? How do I distribute these targets? I mean, Travis Kelsey is darn near maxed out when it comes to targets. He was six targets away from the all-time NFL record for most targets from a tight end, which Zach Ertz got last year. So I bumped him up five. He's right up against that number. And, and uh, you know, Mecole Hardman, the rookie that nobody ever heard about prior to the NFL draft, or most people did not know who he was. I mean, what's he? Go- what's the most he can do? Let's say you give him Tyreek Hill's rookie season, which was fantastic. Let's just say this is Tyreek Hill too, and he's every bit as good. He's going to do everything Tyreek Hill did. Keep in mind, Tyreek Hill was the number one wide receiver last year. If he does that, and he does what Tyreek did his rookie season, there's still so many targets left over that you need another guy on this roster who's getting well over 100 targets just mathematically. There's just no other... There's no other way. There's not going to be a way unless Pat Mahomes is out there finishing the year at quarterback 18. You know, if, if that's the outcome for Kansas City because the offense collapsed and we don't believe in Andy Reid, then sure, there won't be another good wide receiver on this roster. But when you stat these guys out, I mean, I've got, I've got Sammy Watkins with 110 receptions, which is barely more. If you look at his pace from when Tyreek was in last year, he was on a 96 target pace. So I've barely bumped him up. And then I've given him less than his career receiving percentage, less than his career yards per reception. And I, the real number here is the touchdowns. It's the nine touchdowns that I've given him. But 
How many touchdowns do you two think Pat Mahomes throws this year? I don't see more than 38. So I see around 42. So, right. How many quarterbacks have thrown for more than 48 touchdowns or 50 touchdowns in a season? Only a handful. And each one of them regress in major ways the following season. Yeah, there's only been three. It's been Manning, Brady, and Marino, I think it was. And all of them went down into the 30s. So unless Pat Mahomes is just going to change history, I think he goes down to 38. And guess what? That's all of Tyreek Hill's touchdowns. So I don't necessarily think we need to add touchdowns to anybody. Um, And how many receptions did you say Sammy Watkins will have this year? I've got Sammy Watkins down for 72 receptions off of his 100 and. 10 targets that's a catch rate of 65 percent which was less than what he had last season okay so that would be 12 more receptions than even his very very best season oh no okay sorry that would be seven more yeah Yeah. (laughs) that is true i'm on i know i'm right next to that cliff but i actually and i've argued this with people people you know they're like no no way I think Pat Mahomes is better than Tyrod Taylor. I'll say it. You know, I'll put myself out there. <laughs> Bold take. I know. I okay, do. so what happened? What happened in the in uh, the Rams then? So because he had McVay, he had Goff. What happened there when he was the wide receiver one and he played 15 games? That was his healthiest season uh, in a really long time. Why did he only have 39 receptions, 593 yards? Wait a minute. Did you say he was the number one? Was Sammy Watkins? The I mean, one well, he didn't end up as a stats as the number one, but they brought him in to be the number one. That's for sure. Well, they had a really, really, really good roster with a bunch of other wide receivers that stepped up and were amazing. I mean, the offense was great. Were they not you, that year when he was there? You had I mean, what were the target leaders? You had Cooper Cup having his amazing season. You had Robert Woods, who's been on fire and you had Sammy Watkins and who led those three great wide receivers and touchdowns, Sammy W. So, I mean, well, it, why, why can Brandon cooks produce then in that same offense? Well, Brandon cooks is simply slightly better than Sammy Watkins here, but I, I, I would, I would argue that if Cooper cup and Robert Woods weren't there, or even just one of them, Sammy Watkins would go up and that's the problem. We've lost Tyreek Hill here. So if you, Unless you think Miko Harmon is getting north of a hundred targets this season, rookie year, no way. Right then, I, then I'm going to agree with you there. I don't see how Sammy Watkins doesn't get north of a hundred targets. That that's the thing. Like when I when I do my statting, when I do my process behind the scenes that have so far, knock on wood, been been accurate. It's all about the targets, the attempts, and the carries. Like that's I put all my work into those numbers. Once I have those numbers, it's pretty easy to say, okay, you know, looking at how the offense is going to go, where he's slotting in, what his career average has been, okay, what, you know, looking at his career catch rate, his career um, yards per reception, those type of metrics, I, I can fill in behind. But I'm confident in the work I've done that he's getting 110 receptions. And if so- that happens, with Patrick Mahomes being the one throwing the ball, I don't see him failing. Okay, so I I get that he had a couple of good games last year in the Kansas City offense, but that was when all of his games that he played was with Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt. So nobody was staying up at night thinking, how can I stop Sammy Watkins? He was literally an afterthought for defenses. So I, I do see that's a big reason why he produced. What is he going to do when there aren't those pieces anymore? I mean, he is the main focal point with Kelsey. And those are the only two guys now, because I personally am the lowest on Damian Williams that you could be. So he's already done it. 
I mean, that, that's the thing. We don't, we don't have to wonder how he fares against number one coverages. He was the only guy for Buffalo. He was in this situation before his sophomore season when he only played 13 games. He had over, well, I mean, what was his, he was uh, 1,047 yards, nine touchdowns, and he was the number one, and he had a far worse quarterback throwing him the ball, and that was in 13 games. He was drafted in that 2014 draft class ahead of all of the greats because he's actually really good, and if Sammy Watkins wasn't injured, which is the thing we really need to talk about, if he wasn't injured all the time, he would be up there with, you know, talking about the that draft class of great players, the Mike Evans and uh, Odell Beckham's and all, you know, all those guys that went that year, he is that good as far as talent goes on the field. And he's already done it as a number one. I don't see why he doesn't do it with Pat Mahomes. So I think you, I think you led in to my next argument here. Um, so we want to talk about his feet, right? His feet mm-hmm. tend to be a problem. I, I don't know about you. I don't like feet to begin with. I really don't like his feet. All right. Mm. All right. So starting in April 2016, just after just after his awesome, awesome, beautiful 2015 season with with where he topped a thousand yards, nine touchdowns. That was beautiful. Just after that, Jason, we fractured our left foot. Ouch. We needed a screw. Well, he got the he got the wide receiver injury, right? I mean, how many people have had this injury? Julio. Uh, we got Julian Edelman. We got I think Sammy I've had Walker. this injury. <laughs> I mean, if you're a wide receiver who's been productive, there's a good chance you've had this injury, had that surgery, and there's an even better chance that you had a relapse of that foot. Happened to Julio. Are you afraid to draft Julio? No, but it has it happened to Julio, what now, four years in a row, three years in a row? I mean, no, you do think he, that Julio Jones is like going to limp off the field at any given moment in every single game, but, but Jason, it happened to the other foot too. Now we have two bad feet. So like we, we thought, we thought that left foot was fine, right? We thought it was good. Then November, 2018, we're watching that Rams game, right? And, or I'm sorry, before that, we watched him try to return in that Rams game after that foot injury in the right foot. He was out the rest of the season. He came back for the playoffs. He was productive. I will give you that. 62 yards in one game, 114 in the other, 114. Over 100 in the other, right? Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. But. (laughs) Yep. Go on. But I can't, I can't bank that he is going to play 16 games. How many, how many games do you have him statted out for? Do you, do you stat out for the full 16? I start all of my stat projections with the full 16 for everybody. And then I'll go back in make my tweaks for the injury risk. So right now those numbers are for playing 16 games. And the thing that, the thing that happens with so many NFL players, there is no shortage. You know, DeMarco Murray was injury prone until he wasn't. Frank Gore was injury prone until he wasn't. Julio Jones was super injury prone until he wasn't two years after his foot problem. He had the re-aggravation. He had another foot problem. He missed 11 games to Sammy Watkins four. But now that's so far in the past that we don't remember that Julio was a giant injury risk. He, he's super solid now. You're only an injury risk until you're not. And the thing is, is a lot of guys flame out of the league because of their injury risk because they're not given the opportunity to prove that they're no longer an injury risk. Well, Sammy Watkins has 48 million reasons why he's going to be given opportunities to keep playing through until he's 
no longer seen as an injury risk, not to mention the opportunity now that Tyreek is out. They need him. They're desperate for him. If Sammy Watkins goes down, what are the Chiefs going to do? So I, I think that, yeah, I mean, you, you brought it up you, as very wisely and smartly as a, as a great debater. You brought up the point that after the four-game stretch where he missed, didn't need resurgery, didn't need anything, he came back for the playoffs and was great. He performed fantastically for Pat Mahomes with Tyreek Hill. I, I mean, I, I think it's just a matter of can you continually call a player injury-prone forever? There are some. Jordan Reed has proved it through enough years where I would say I can't possibly say that he is no longer injury-prone. But, I mean, there's so many guys. Keenan Allen was injury-prone until now. It, it looks like he's fine. There's so many players because it's just the human body. As he's growing, getting older, he's getting healthier. And I believe Sammy Watkins is going to be a really valuable guy. And in the, in the, his injury history is going to make sure his price does not fly up. He, I mean, people start taking Miko Harmon over, <laughs> over Sammy Watkins' drafts because they don't want to deal with the injury history. And, and if he's falling and plummeting and you can get what could be the number one player for Pat Mahomes, and I do have Pat Mahomes still at north of 40. I've got him at 41 touchdowns. And I am a big proponent of historical evidence of regression. I put that into everything. You know, it's just like you said, the players that have done it before, they don't repeat for 40 the following season. He threw for 50. He threw for 50 in his first season. You say, is he going to change the NFL? No, he already has changed the NFL. He's throwing 30-yard no-look passes. He's really, truly a different breed. And, and I don't have him anywhere near his last year's numbers. I, I've got him down several hundred yards down nine touchdowns up interceptions up fumbles um but he's gonna be the number one quarterback you know i'll give you that if sammy Watkins ends up being healthy for a full 16 games and he's pat mahomes number one target then yes he will be a top 15 wide receiver but that's a lot of ifs and I just, I've got at least one ball still intact. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to throw this poll up on our Twitter page. We'll see whose side they, uh, they agree on and we'll, oh, we'll see the results. The I, have, I have no doubt that, look, I've got years of being a Sammy Watkins apologist and it has not worked out yet. And I know the people's temperature. It's called not good. They will be very anti- <laughs> My take on Sammy Watkins until, you know, until it proves right. Until he takes over. I, was, I, was, I got a lot of grief for Ebron for years until last year. Well, yeah. and he, he'll fall back down to earth next year, so don't worry about that one. Ouch. We'll anyway, anyway Jason, episode. I think what we all want to know is, uh, like, say you're, you're in a redraft league right now. Like, you're drafting redraft in, in May, which is all of our fantasies. Uh what, where are you taking him? Like what round would you aim to get Sammy Watkins? Well, I'm, I'm always going to play the ADP game. I mean, I'm never going to just look at my rankings and say, he's the 15th wide receiver. So I'm going to take him 15 or 16 off the board. You know, that would be like, I don't know, drafting Daniel Jones at number six overall in the NFL draft. If you can get him at 17, you might as well do that. Grab him later. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you, right now, Sammy Watkins is back of the sixth round. He's going around players like Tyler Lockett, Doug Baldwin, DJ Moore, uh, Robbie Anderson. I would take him over all of those players. So, you know, when it comes to the sixth round, if there's no other player that I think has a higher ceiling, 
Uh, I'm going to take him over him. And, and I, so on the other side, people going ahead of him that I might reach over, you know, Will Fuller is going ahead of Sammy Watkins by almost a full round. I would take Sammy over Will Fuller because one of those two has the chance to be the number one. And one of them clearly does not. DeAndre Hopkins got that on lockdown. True, true. All right. Well, before we let you go here, we're going to do a quick rapid reactions game with you. So we're just going to throw out some names or a short sentence, and we want you to say the first thing that pops into your head, okay? Okay, hold on. I need to <laughs> close my eyes. Deep okay, breath. I'm ready. Get in tune with your inner self, okay? This needs to be there. like core Jason. I, I need to talk to your soul right now. Is this uh, going to be edited then or? <laughs> Uh, uh, sure. What, whatever makes you more comfortable, Jason. All right. That's a no. Um, anyway. All right. No, I'm good. We're going to kick it off with Corey Davis. Oh, bum. <laughs> I love it. The baller who eats the fastest. Mike. <laughs> really? Favorite guilty pleasure TV show. Hmm. Uh, this is rapid, Jason. I, guilty pleasure is the hardship. Uh, I mean, Game of Thrones first to mind. Guilty pleasure. Oh, that's not a guilty handmade. pleasure. That's just you trying to. No, that's what I'm saying. I don't feel guilty for any of my TV watch. <laughs> None. You don't watch any Kardashians secretly. No, gross, <laughs> vomit. All right, kickers are outdated. Double stuffed Oreos, or do we do single stuffed Oreos? Oh, double stuffed. <laughs> Get out of here with diet Oreos. <laughs> Best NFL fan base. Uh, rapid round. I'm going to go Packers. All right. And then worst. <laughs> you won't offend uh, anybody here. This is Raiders. Raiders. Yeah. I think it's a Titans, but it's okay. <laughs> Jason, it's wild. We'll, yeah. we'll tell you a story for another day. Um, <laughs> running back who will not be a week one starter, but will own the backfield by week 10. Deonta Foreman. Love Boom. it. Love that. Love that. Okay. I just got really excited. Your 2019 wide receiver one. Uh, Hopkins. Duh. Yeah. That was easy. Best midnight snack. Um, double stuffed Oreos. <laughs> Josh Rosen. If you look at my desk, it's, it's on there right now. Josh Rosen. Mediocre. Chandler Catanzaro. <sighs> Hell. <laughs> Andy Holloway and Mike Wright. Best friends. Oh, stop it. Anyway. Oh, God. That, that gave me the warm fuzzies. Yeah. I, I appreciate you joining us today. That is our show. Thank you so much. Please, if you haven't already, give Jason a follow on Twitter at JasonFFL. Follow the ballers at the FF Ballers. Give their podcast a listen for those of you who have been living under a rock for the most accurate fantasy we advice ever. We're, we're a close second. We have ball blast. 